back to Uneducated, the show where we feel dumb so you don't have to. I'm your host, Cami Scott, and today I am joined by my favorite epic girl boss and go-getter, my manager, Maddie Gorin. Hello, Maddie. It's the nicest introduction I've ever gotten. What? You need to get yeah. introduced more often. That was like, I could, I could go on. Do you want me to do more? I could cry the Jewish mom in me is coming out. <laughs> my personal Jewish mother. Yeah, exactly. You look so cute today. I can't wait till people watch this on the YouTube version as well so they can see, oh, yeah. your, see your great face. Thanks um, so much. I'm so excited you're here. I feel like people are always have questions of like, what the fuck is an influencer? What do we do? How do we make money? How is this a business? So what better person to answer these questions than the lady who runs the show, you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll do my best. I'll try to answer all the questions as honestly as possible without giving up our secrets. Yeah, exactly. We got to keep some stuff. Hush, hush. (laughs) Okay, so we have to do the trivia question before we get into it. Oh, God. (laughs) I wasn't prepared for this. Yeah. Well, there's no way to prepare. That's the point. We got to loosen up. It's a really funny question. I've been using this like box of, it's called, I should have known that, trivia questions. Oh. This is a question... I know I have heard this answer 10,000 times and I should know the answer, but I don't know the answer. So we're doing it. Okay. Who is the lead singer of the group Coldplay? I have no idea. I don't know. Martin? That sounds right. I don't know. Taryn loves Coldplay and her family loves Coldplay. And I always joke that I don't know anything about them. And I was reading her the question because I thought it was funny and she was like, you really still don't know? And I am I swear I'm going to forget it by the end of this episode. It's one of those things that I can't remember. I don't know celebrities' names. I mean, I think that that's who it is. Oh, I should look at the answer. Dakota Fanning. Oh, yes. Chris Martin. I mean, you Dakota are... Johnson. Oh. So Taryn said that I should know this because something about his ex-wife is right up my alley. And I was like, is she gay or does she love skincare? Right. Because I don't that's know what, what else saying. is right up my alley. Uh, his ex-wife is an actress, but I can't remember who. Uh, Some big on. actress. I gotta Google it. I need okay. to know. Who? But he's currently dating Dakota Johnson, and they live together in Malibu. Who was Chris Martin married to? Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, yeah. See. Oh. Oh, and like, yeah. yeah Goop, like, skincare. Yeah. Also, she has a really great podcast. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Maybe That's I should know that. I will never know celebrities' names. All right. Well, now that I'm shocked that I knew that answer, by the way. I'm like very not into celebrity gossip and I'm horrible with names. Period. You know, I I disagree with that. I think you're amazing with names, which is why one of the reasons why you're great as being a manager, we'll be at an event and you'll be like, oh, I emailed with this person back in 2016 and they used to work for this company and then they went to there. I'm going to go, I'm going to go say hi. I'm like, what? I would be like, no. I don't think I know them. It's faces that I'm really good with. I promise oh, that, you I'm yeah, horrible yeah. with names. Okay. But also like I can just have a conversation with a wall. So I'll just like pretend That's like true. I know a person. Yeah. You are extremely, extremely confident and like easy to talk to and you just you you never seem worried. Again. Like you don't, I don't think you ever suffer with anxiety. Correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. which is like, we, I mean, we should do a whole episode on that. You're like an enigma of a human that doesn't 
Like you can, you can experience anxiety. I think you said, but you don't have like generalized anxiety. It's true. I get, I get, I can be stressed at a situation, but I'm not stressed out. Yeah. And I, I don't, again, I can get like anxious, like traveling. I get anxious leading up to traveling or a big trip, but I'm not anxious. Yeah. I don't know. I sometimes I'm like, maybe I don't care enough. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I need a little anxiety. I think it's helpful for everyone to have a little bit of stress and anxiety. I think that's like what drives people. I think you have a very healthy amount. I think it's great. It keeps me calm because you know that I like stress every little thing. So it's nice to have my manager and mom. (laughs) Mom and you all? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So Okay, well, good. You obviously have a lot of traits that are needed in a good manager. How did you get into managing? Did you want to do this? Did you go to school for it? How did we get here? I started working in PR for two years which I ultimately realized I did not love. I felt like I was like a tiny fish in a big sea Mm -hmm. Um, in that I was working in film PR with studios, for studios. So it was like, you know, I was working with Fox or Sony or Disney and helping them promote their films. And again, like I was just like personally not doing much. I I was helpful. I was all like a part of one of the little puzzle pieces, but I wasn't doing anything. Um, And there were a few, my boss at the time, which weirdly I'm now working together with indirectly because of all the big acquisitions and stuff that were just made with Be Social. But yeah, 42S is under that whole umbrella again. So it's so funny that I'm like kind of working at 40 or with 42S again, which is amazing. But anyway, my boss at the time also was the publicist and represented a couple really big film directors and producers and also one like major, major actor. And through that, I realized that I really liked and loved working directly with people and helping people. Um, so I knew that whatever I was doing next, I wanted it to be directly working with people. I think also like I majored in psychology and I really love kind of connecting with people, which is kind of what you were getting at a second ago. Like I love meeting new people and talking to people and kind of understanding why they think things that they think and why they act the way they act and whatever. So I was like, I, I want to help people and I want to connect with people. So when I had been there for two years and I was kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do next, I realized it had to be something with talent. And of course, when I was, you know, at that time, I had just graduated college, worked for the first time and blogging specifically a blog was really big. Instagram really wasn't such a big thing at the time. And so like I had my favorite fashion bloggers every morning, literally I woke up and I would load the new blog posts that had been up from like different people like Ami Song and Sincerely Jules and Gal Meets Glam, like certain people that are like the OG bloggers, Mm -hmm. if you will. And I was like, okay, so I really like fashion, as does every other girl who just graduated (laughs) college. And I really like helping people and I really like working with talent. Like, how can I translate this? And so there was a job opening at a different company um, doing essentially what I do now. And I went in and I was able to kind of translate what I had been doing and how I had been working with directors and producers um, and put it into kind of like my passions and then my previous skill set and figure out how that made sense here working directly with like digital, digital digitally native talent. Um, and so I did that and I was there for three and a half years. And then I went over to another company where I was working solely with YouTubers and learned a lot there, which landed me to here, which is like the marriage of literally everything I've done up until this point. I use everything that I learned in my job now. 
your whole career is like this perfect, as you said, marriage of the things you're naturally really good at and are just like personality traits, the things that you've been training for your whole life, and then the things you're interested in, which I feel like is what everyone wants in a job. So you really hit the jackpot. Look at you. I'm trying. It's, you know, nothing's perfect, obviously. You know, there's something with every job, whether it be the people you work with within the company, the people you're working with outside of the company, the structure, like whatever it is, there's always things that aren't perfect and that's Mm -hmm. fine. But I think in every job that I took from my first job up until now, I just try and figure out like, how can I make sure that there's just like one more aspect or feature of my job that I didn't necessarily have prior, which is why I wanted to make a change that I now will have. So it's just like every step is one step closer to hopefully it being like the best job ever. Yeah. But I'm very happy to, you know, I'm happy right now. I love it. I love my job. I love working with you. I love working with talent. Yeah. Well, you're great at it. So it shows. So working with talent, is that the word that you prefer to use for your clients? Like do you use influencer talent? You said you started working with YouTubers specifically at a previous job. Mm -hmm. What is your term for what I do and what your other clients do? I think it's different for everyone. I actually kind of, I don't want to use the word hate, but I don't like the word influencer. I don't like calling people that. I think everyone is an influencer Mm -hmm. as long as you're quote, influencing people around you. Like Mm -hmm. read an article and share your perspective and you're influencing, you know? Absolutely. So, but I think it depends on the conversation that I'm having, like certain aspects for you. If I'm talking more specifically to like your YouTube business and your Mm -hmm. channel, I'll say you're like a content creator. Mm -hmm. Um, But if we're working on, you know, having you speak on a panel, I'll say you're just talent Mm -hmm. or I'll just say like my client Cammy. I think that's like a really, yeah, that's a really helpful tip when people are just pitching themselves or talking about themselves because in this career, I feel like oftentimes we aren't taken as seriously, especially with the word influencer because it's met with what the heck is that? Mm -hmm. It's such an umbrella term. And I used to joke that anytime I get asked in like an Uber or on a flight, I'm just going to pick a different thing that I do and focus on that one thing. And I'll get more recognition and more credit than if I just say influencer. So if I'm on a plane, I'll be like, yeah, I'm an editor because I edit my videos. Right. Yeah. Which is true. And I do that. And somebody would see me as way more professional than if I say influencer, which is so funny because it's just, it is a part of being an influencer. But I like that idea of depending on the scenario, kind of pick the hat that makes the most sense in that moment to really describe you and your skills and what's going to either get you the job or the opportunity or convince your family that you're doing, yeah. <laughs> that you totally. do a legit And career. I think that's, that's why when you're like applying for a job and you have a cover letter, it can't just be this blanket cover letter. It's like, and for your resume, you need to like update it specific to what you're pitching yourself for, totally. i.e. what the job is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like I said, when I was trying to kind of transition from one job to another, I was able to kind of just like spin the story a little mm-hmm. to make it sound like, you know, here's all the things I've done leading up to right now and here's how it works for the job that I want you to hire me for. And yeah, yeah I think that that's a really great tip you pointed out. Thank you for anyone else who's trying to do this on their own and try and kind of convince a brand or an agency as to why they should be chosen. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be the perfect person, but as long as you can spin the story and make it make sense, that's all you need. 
Absolutely. And as you mentioned, if you're doing this on your own, as most people do when they start off in the influencer realm, what are some of the benefits of either having a manager or not having a manager? And when is that time to really start looking for somebody to bring onto your team? I think there isn't a right answer for that. I really do feel like it's specific to you or Mm -hmm. to the person that's kind of figuring it out or starting out their career. Um, I think there's a benefit in the beginning to you doing it on your own, which is learning. Like you, I think all of the questions that you're asking me or that we're chatting about, I I suspect you could answer confidently because you were doing this on your own at one point as well. Mm -hmm. But there obviously is nuance um, to having these conversations and why I think there will come a point either that you have so many different conversations open or so many campaigns running that you physically can't do it on your own anymore or that it's getting kind of awkward in general to have conversations and say, hey, like I'm worth more than the $2,000 you're offering me. And that's such a weird conversation to have to be like, pay oh, me yeah. more money, give me more. Yeah, and I'm so worth clearly, it. Right. And having a manager do that for you and on your behalf is incredibly mm-hmm. valuable. Um, but I think it's more like, one, are you in a position to take that leap of faith financially? Probably yeah. is the biggest thing um, to where you're kind of saying like, okay, I can quit my day job and I feel like I'm getting enough and, and bringing in enough revenue monthly or weekly. And, and mm-hmm. that really is like, you need to figure out your financials and see if you're able to do that. And if yeah. so... Maybe you can first try it on your own. And if it's too overwhelming, then it's like, okay, maybe it's time for you to reach out to different management companies and say, you know, here's who I am and here's what I do. And here's how I think that I can add value to your business. And here's why I'm hoping you can add value to mine. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's, like you said, there's different benefits at different levels. And it's such a personal situation. Like for me, I, of course, I was getting emails. Brands were reaching out to me when I didn't have a manager, but there's like different, I think, types of getting reached out to. There are the people who just go for the emailing you or DMing you. And though that's like a certain level of brand deals. And then there's the people who go to the management groups and go to the agencies. And that's another level. And that comes with added connections because once you have one, they know other people and your managers know other people. So there's just so many variables. I think, like you said, it's a it's a good thing to think about is this going to become my full-time job? Because I think when it's not, you probably don't need a manager yet because I don't know if that would add enough value. I don't remember if it was you or somebody else who told me your manager, whether they're getting somewhere between like what, 10 to 25% is probably Mm -hmm. the standard. Are they adding that much value to your brand? Because if not, it's not worth it. I think you said that to me. I'm not sure. If I didn't, I agree with whoever said that. Point (laughs) being that if you're going to be giving a percentage of your earnings to someone else, in theory, you shouldn't feel that like percentage that you're giving up. You shouldn't feel it. They should be bringing in enough additional revenue and opportunity and value outside of just the dollar sign that it makes it worth it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, I think from a basic level, if you're not earning enough money that you're able to and willing to give up a percentage of your mm-hmm. revenue and your earnings, maybe Don't you're not that. there yet. Mm-hmm. But I also think that if you're like, I'm not there yet, but that's why I want to bring on a manager to add that value so that I could get there. That manager, I think, I would hope is bringing you, say you're giving them 20% of all of your earnings. 
you at the end of that year or at the end of the say year and a half, two years, give them some time, you should be earning 20% more revenue than you did the year prior. Yeah. So absolutely. they should be covering their their portion. Yeah. They're if basically paying for themselves, themselves. to be there. That's exactly. Right. And I always say, like, I'm only as successful as my clients are. And that's true. Mm-hmm. If you're not making money, I'm not making money. So yeah. like I'm driven to bring you more opportunity and build your business and grow your brand because otherwise I'm not successful either. Exactly. You have to be so invested in your clients as well. So yeah, with that being said, what do you look for in a client? Do you get to pick with um, I don't think I mentioned you work for Be Social is the company. Are they giving you clients? Are you picking who you want? Are you going out and trying to recruit people? How does that process work on your end? I think it's, I know you said on my end, but just in general, I think it's different depending on where you go. So I've definitely worked at places where I've come on board and I've been handed a roster of talent. And I think typically that's when it's like, at that point, the company has so many clients that they're managing that they are at a, in a position to like bring on more managers. So it's like, oh, thank God we have you. We have like five people that we like just can't even manage all of it. And here are five people for you to manage. And then the expectation is that you'll continue bringing on more and like build a clientele, and like a roster, if you will, mm-hmm. which I also dislike that word. Really? Um, yeah, because I think it makes, I mean, the idea is clearly not that you're just like, one person on a roster. Kind of sounds replaceable too. Exactly. It's like, here's my roster. (laughs) Like, no. I mean, I really, and this is something that's important, but I really like pitch my clients individually. Mm -hmm. I really, really try not to put like five people up against each other. Yeah. Um, because I think everyone has like their own value, which is like a word I've used 15,000 times in this conversation, (laughs) but everyone brings their own value. You can be doing or creating similar content, but the idea is if you're successful, you're bringing in your own perspective. So you're not doing it the same as anyone else. You shouldn't be put up against them. But back to your question, um, you can be given people, but the idea is that, you know, I work with people that I want to work with. Mm -hmm. So there were a couple people that when I came to be social, you know, there was transitions and different kind of like restructuring going on here at Be Social because we were growing and doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, kudos to Allie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so I, I did have a, a couple people that were given to me, if you will. And then everyone else, like I brought a couple people with me from where I was before because those were people that I personally had gone after and signed on my own. And then like you, There were also people that as I came here, I was just super, super passionate about and like was a fan of and wanted to work with. So reached out to and said like, hey, here's what I'm doing. Do you want to come work with me? Like here, you know, it was me pitching myself saying, here's the value I think I can add to your business and your brand. Let's work together. Yeah. And just with that being said, a little background of how we became a beautiful partnership working together. I was a fan of yours too. I was in such an interesting kind of segue where my old manager was no longer managing talent. So I needed to shop around and I knew I didn't want to stay with the company she had been at. So I set up meetings and I was seeing people and I met you at your previous company along with someone else. And I loved you. I just felt like... I just felt an instant... like at peace and calmness with you. And I didn't want to make a decision for a while. So I put it off and I went to be social and I didn't have an instant connection with an individual, but I loved, I loved the environment. I loved the whole team, but I like, I just didn't 
there wasn't like one person where I was like, I must work with this person. But I thought, this is a great company and I really think they're genuine and I like what they're doing. And I sat on it for, God, way too long. I was managerless forever. You went on vacation. Yeah. In Europe for a while. And you're mm -hmm. like, I really need some time to think about this. Yeah. I mean, it was a I'm going away. I'll let you know when I'm back. Yeah. And then I feel like I had thought about this for so long and I was like, oh, if I could somehow just blend together, be social and Maddie, that would be my dream. That I wouldn't, I wouldn't be torn. I would know a hundred percent what I wanted. And fast forward a few months and thank God I sat and waited on it. You started working at Be Social. And I remember finding that out. And I don't think I found out right away. I, I know there was like a lot of time between, so I don't remember exactly when it happened. And I was like, I was kind of freaked out by myself. I manifested this. I was like, I hope she wanted to work there because did I it. did that to her. <laughs> you did it. I yeah, fully and did. It was so, totally not planned either. That's when what you was and I fun had met it. initially, like that be social was not even in the picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you manifested it. Good job. You did this. You got me my You're, job. Thank you're you welcome. so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, it worked out so perfectly. It was just like, I don't know, all the worlds came together and it was so nice. So I think that's a good tip with people looking for managers. You have to wait till it feels right. I think a lot of places are going to kind of tell you what they want or what you want you to want hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of them have great connections and big big rosters with big names that might make you excited to work with them because it proves they're good. But I was so nervous about either being a little fish in a big pond or mm-hmm. too big of a fish in, in a little fishbowl. Like I wanted to find that balance where I knew I was someone's priority and that they cared about me and they believed in me and really saw the success in me on their own, not me trying to convince somebody that it was going to be good. And that's what I got with you and Be Social, which was so great. And I'm so glad that it all balanced out. So, Yay. And I think to your point, you know, there are so many incredible management companies, Mm -hmm. agencies, and also individual managers that I think there's so much talent in the world that it really is a matter of like who you feel genuine connection with. I think, you know, so many other people could also kill it for you. And maybe I'm shooting myself in the foot by saying this, but it's <laughs> like, true. Wait, I mean, what like, was that name? Let me write that. Up. I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I don't feel like I'm competing with any other managers or management companies or agencies no. in this space. It's to me, it's really all about the connection. Totally. It's, it's just like, like, a like relationship. there are eight, mil- eight I was just about to say, <laughs> see, we share a brain. It's just exactly. like a relationship. There can be 8 million men or women or, mm-hmm. or any of the other genders in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could be a fit for you personally. It's just all about timing and it's who you kind of like connect with in that moment. Totally. It's like the advice that I give people to not let jealousy take over your relationship. If someone doesn't want to be with you or they're not the right fit or you're not meant to be together, that's the best for both of you. Go separate ways. That's how management relationships should be. You should just, it should be this symbiosis connection that just works and you got to really like shop around, take your time. You'll yeah. Find, you'll find and it, one. And it takes time also. Like you and I, I think we just genuinely like hit it off and loved each other as people in the beginning. But we also have worked at our relationship in terms of like our working relationship and how you like to communicate and how I communicate and, yeah. you know, how should I be framing 
opportunities to you? And, you know, why am I bringing certain opportunities to you and not bringing others? Well, it's because I know that you're vegan and I know that, you know, I know all these things about you at this point where it's like, I can just have these conversations on your behalf Mm -hmm. because I just know you so well, but that took time to get there. And it took a lot of me just like sitting there texting you, asking you questions like, Hey, would you want to do this? And you're like, no, remember, I'm not going to wear a real fur. And I was like, oh shoot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. We talked about right. that. Yeah. It's, right. It really is like a relationship on steroids. Mm-hmm. You have to communicate well. You have to be transparent. And it also is hard because we're friends too. So it's like you have to keep that professional balance and personal balance because I, I want to feel like you're my friend. I want to know that like you're rooting for me, that you're like a family member. But I also want it to be professional to the point where if you don't think I'm doing a good enough job and not posting enough, or if I think you're not going out there to get me brand deals enough, I want us to be able to say that and call each other Mm -hmm. out as you would in a respectful, professional capacity. And I think that can be really hard. People become super close with their managers and then don't know how to vocalize when they're less than thrilled about how things have been handled. Yes, that is such a good point. And that's actually something that as a manager, I really, really work and strive to do, which is like separating my work relationships with my friendships. And again, you know, I talk to you more than I speak to most of my friends. Mm -hmm. So to kind of like try and like build this wall to, or barrier to like keep us from getting too close is clearly not my goal, Mm -hmm. but you know, you and I don't like party together. I'm really not a partier anyway, nor are you, but like, we should. (laughs) No, I'm not. I wouldn't do that. (laughs) We're not doing that. See, but (laughs) I, I think that, you know, I actually pride myself in separating my relationships and my work relationships Mm -hmm. because I agree with you completely, which is that it tends to like be a very blurry line when you start crossing that boundary. Yeah. And it's like if I we have a schedule, if I need you to stay on time for something or if you've done something wrong or if I've done something wrong, I need to be able to say that to you. And I think like w- with a friend, if you were to come to me and say like, hey, it really like hurt my feelings when you did that, I would be like, I'm so sorry. I won't do that again. But mm-hmm. like as your manager, if Let's you're like- Suck it up, sis. <laughs> I'm like, listen, Cammy, you agreed to send me this preview on Thursday. It's now yeah. Friday. And now you've put me in an uncomfortable position because- my relationship with the brand is really important that I've built as well. I need to be able to kind of give you constructive feedback. And I think as a friend, you're more apt to kind of like speaking back, if you will, and being like, no, I completely disagree with you. But as a manager, it's like, you need to trust me that like, I'm telling you this for a reason. I just want the record to show that that was an example that was not about me. I have never been late on a deadline. Very true. Any brand. Which is why I love working with you. (laughs) Any brands out there, I'm extremely punctual. You will receive the goods on time. (laughs) And you'll receive extra goods. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Always over deliver. Yeah. Like whoever's listening, over deliver. If you're trying to build a relationship Mm -hmm. and you're only supposed to do one Instagram, give them three or give them extra stories. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great point on especially when people are starting out being an influencer. There it's hard out there. A lot some brands don't get it and want you to just post and post and post for free. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you the amount of times I have heard, "Hey, if you post this one time and it does well, I then we could do a paid sponsorship in the future." It's 
not going to happen. I'm going to say nine times out of 10, you're not going to hear from them again, even if it does so well. So you need to kind of like set those boundaries. And I think that's a great way to do it. It's like over deliver. If you get an opportunity and maybe, yeah, maybe you take something that's a little bit underpaid and you Mm -hmm. prove yourself, go above and beyond, do really well. Or if, if something doesn't perform really well, I think this is a technique we use, which I'm going to give a little insider info. If something doesn't perform well, let's say a YouTube video and there's an ad placed in it, I'm happy to go over on my Instagram stories and also share that so that I can promote the video more so there can get more eyes on it because I believe in whichever product and brand I was just representing. And I believe in the quality of the content I just created. So maybe I posted it at a poor time, didn't title it properly. You can always kind of pump more effort into certain pieces of content that don't perform as well. And I think a lot of brands really appreciate that. You just have to find a balance with them respecting you. As you're starting out, I think rather than having a brand reach out to you and say, hey, we really want to work with you. Can we send you X product and you'll post in return or in exchange? Mm -hmm. Again, this is, I think, an example of why it's helpful to have a manager because I always am kind of quick to say, hey, you know, I'm not able to guarantee placement without a fee in place. But if you want, I'm more than happy to see if Cammie's interested in trying the product out. And if she genuinely loves it, I'm sure she'll share it with her audience because of that because she genuinely loves it. So I think as you're starting out on your own, use that as a tactic and kind of say, listen, you know, I'm I'm running a business as well. I'm not able to promise anything in exchange for a product, but I would love to try it out. And if I love it, you know, I'm more than happy to share what I'm comfortable sharing with my audience and we can go from there. And then yeah. use that as a case study mm-hmm. and say, hey, I received this amount of swipe ups when I posted on my stories or I received this amount of views. Clearly my audience genuinely connected with this product as did I or I wouldn't have shared it. Can we talk about something a little bit more formal? Mm-hmm. So many brands want content creators to sign these massive contracts to receive free product that says that they're going to be posting. And a lot of times I've seen examples. Um, have, do you follow the account on Instagram? I think it's the influencer pay gap. Is that what it's called? No, I don't. It's really Shut interesting. It. People post anonymously. Um, yeah, that's what it is. Influencer pay gap. They anonymously post brands reaching out to them, whether it be in a DM or they just explain. Some people share, which... I will say it is almost always illegal to share what you are receiving from a brand that's in the contract. So a lot of people wondering like, why don't influencers ever talk about how much specifically they were paid for a job? They can't, they legally cannot. So I guess that's why people are doing it anonymous and they don't typically say the brand, but some of them do. So that's their prerogative, but it shares, this is the brand that I'm working with. This is how many followers I have. This is my race, my gender. Um, I think they share sexual orientation, where they live. And I forget what else. And they talk about how much they're paid. It's crazy how all over the place it is. Why do you think there isn't like a clear standard? How much should people be asking for when they're getting brand deals? Like how how do people even figure out those rates when we can't legally talk about it? Here's the thing. Digital, the digital space, I think, is kind of still the wild, wild west, which I think is amazing and also not amazing. <laughs> it's a blessing and a curse, if you will. Yeah. Um, in that there isn't a standard. I think that there are a lot of different companies that are trying to come up with like an algorithm as to how you should be 
pricing something out in terms of like the amount of clicks, the amount of engagement, the amount of followers, all of those things. But in reality, there's really not like a clear equation as to how you should do it. So how should you price yourself? I'm not even going to try to answer that question because I think that I'm going to put myself in a box and I'm going to be mad Mm -hmm. at myself later. (laughs) So I'm not going to answer. But what I will tell you is when I'm coming up with a price for my clients, all of the things that I just listed are things that I take into consideration. What's their following? What's their engagement? You know, is this a brand that they genuinely love? Do I think that the brand alignment is there? Meaning like, Mm -hmm. you know, is it a vegan skincare company that I know Cammie's obsessed with and already uses on a daily basis? Or is it something she's never tried before? What's the time of year? Like, is it holiday season when there are like 8 million different campaigns happening? And clearly I'm not going to have any of my clients post, you know, two skincare posts back to back or even mm-hmm. post two sponsored posts back to back. So it's like, we can only accept a certain amount. Um, in which case I'm going to charge more because I'm accepting less campaigns or less opportunities. There's so many things that go into it. And I think that a lot of times it's really helpful to get on the phone with the brand or with the agencies to kind of say, hey, here's what I think makes sense or here's what I'm comfortable with and here's why. Like, what do you guys think? I am always open to having a conversation slash negotiation with a brand, especially when it makes sense. So I would never, ever, and this is, you know, I don't know that this is the case with every manager, with every management company, but I would never say Cammy's rate is X, take Mm -hmm. it or leave it. Yeah. Ever. If if it's a brand that makes sense, I'm always happy to have a conversation on my client's behalf, on your behalf. Yeah. There's always room for negotiation. Mm -hmm. I personally don't work with brands that I don't already love and support and really wholeheartedly believe in. If it is a product I haven't tried... I have it sent to me. I try it out for a while. So I am wanting to work with these brands. So if they're asking you to post 10 Instagram pictures and it's for nothing, then you can say, well, I could do that for that price, but it would only be three posts. You could, There's always room to negotiate on both ends. And I feel right. like most people think it's just, this is the offer, this is the offer, take it or leave it when they're getting brands coming to them in their DMs or their personal email. I feel like right. that's really intimidating for a lot of people to not know what to ask and not... Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are also afraid to highball it and then just get shut down too, which I get. It's scary. I have friends ask me what they should ask for. And I typically have no idea ever what to say. It's kind of like, well, what do you think that that's worth of your time? And if it sounds really high, still send it and just see what they say. And then hopefully you have room to negotiate and it doesn't completely turn them off. But it might, but then oh well. You should ask me when your friends ask you and I'll help you, number one. Number two, (laughs) I think it's also helpful as whoever it is is trying to start out if you don't have somebody representing you to maybe what I say is like, let's work backwards. So Mm -hmm. what's your budget? And I'm happy to share with you what I can make work within that range so that you know you're not highballing them Mm -hmm. or you're not coming to them with $10,000 when they only have five. Yeah. And then you can say, okay, here's what I'm comfortable doing. Yeah. And even if they're not fully disclosing their actual budget at that point, if you come back and say, oh, this is what I could do, and they want one more right. post, then they they kind of have a general There's idea. always more money. There's if they say always. their budget's $6,000, <laughs> maybe tell them that you cost 8000 and see what they say. Yeah. <laughs> it's a negotiation. Everyone's expecting to negotiate. I think in general, in life, you should always be negotiating for any job that you're working for. Like you should always be asking. Mm-hmm. 
The worst case is they say, no, we can't do that. And then you say, no problem. I'm really genuinely excited about your brand and I'm obsessed with this mascara. Like, I want to make this work. Can we do it for this? Mm -hmm. Or like you tell me what what it would take to kind of move this forward. Yeah. It's just like you should always have a conversation in general in life. Ask for something. Maybe they say no, but if you didn't ask, you'll never know. Yeah. And I think that is an an acquired skill that a lot of people don't just have innately embedded in them. But that's why it's really beneficial to have a manager. I know that I would be horrible at that. I know that I get very uncomfortable trying to pitch myself or sell myself, which is exactly why I have you and why it's just another reason why you add so much value to me because that's not a skill that I have. And I know some people are great at doing that. A lot of influencers are amazing at pitching themselves every day, which great for them, then maybe they can wait a little bit longer to have an actual manager. But got to know your worth and you got to ask for it. It's really nice to have someone to advocate for you. Absolutely. Imagine if you had an agent or a lawyer to negotiate every new potential job opportunity for you that you're like, no, no, no. I know that Cammie is worth more. (laughs) You should be paying her a salary of this. Here's all the like skill sets that she has. Here's everything she's already accomplished. Here are all the movies she's made. Yeah. You, you better pay her more to be your director. Mm-hmm. You and I, I'm going to tell a secret. Before I ever had a manager, Uh-oh. and I didn't really do any brand deals in the beginning, but I did receive emails and like opportunities for stuff. And I was so nervous to ever advocate for myself. I created an email as a fake manager. It was just me, but it, I forget her name. I think it was like Jill or something. And I created a fake email. That's I, middle name. Don't oh say my, you don't like that name. No, I, I obviously liked it. She was my manager. I manifested us. <laughs> okay, yeah. There we go. I don't remember if it was Jill. It was something like that or like Jennifer, just something. Mm-hmm. And I only use it a couple of times because even that made me nervous, but it really did help to be like, thank you so much. Actually, that is too low. Even though Cammie only has X amount of followers, her engagement is extremely high. (laughs) But the (laughs) fact that you knew what to say as a manager or as I've known a lot of people who do that, the same thing as like an assistant, Mm -hmm. same thing, just to make it seem like you have a team. But anyway, the fact that you knew how to see what I'm getting at is you knew how to advocate for yourself. Yeah, it was, it was just, just awkward nerve. doing it from totally. you to the brand being like, I'm worth more. Can you give me more money? Versus yeah. like a manager saying, I'm worth more or Cammy's worth more and here's why. Totally. It's you know how easier. to do it. It's just awkward. Yeah. Yeah. I well, I think I'd be amazing at doing it for somebody else. I really yeah. think I could do it. I think I would love it. And I like, I would just. Should we start a little spinoff business? Yeah. <laughs> like open a new, what's that? The like TikTok house called? A hype house? Do we do Should we like- open a hype house and we'll manage it? <laughs> can we talk to Allie, that's the CEO of Be Social, and ask if we can get a Be Social house? Be Social hype house. Yes. No, not let's not say hype. The people will think we're associated with no, no. With- hype house. No, like, we- it's not called hype house. That's just like a standard oh, name. Okay. We're making an iteration of that. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I was like, we cannot just call it the hype house again. I'm not creative. You'll come up with the name. <laughs> like that's not my side of the management deal here. Not my area of expertise. No. So, but you have so many others, so it does not matter. Um, okay. That. So we were talking, I love you. We were talking about advocating for, you, for yourself with brand deals, but I think there's this general confusion of how do content creators make money? 
is it only through brand deals? Is it through things like Patreon? Are they making... Some people were asking, do I make money every time I post a picture? And I was like, I wish. Uh, Contrary to popular belief, Instagram does not pay me a dime. Which is different because YouTube does pay creators to upload videos, i.e. AdSense, which is based on a whole myriad of things and a big, long algorithm that's like based on all these 8 billion things, we'll pay you X amount of cents per view. Yeah. The way I typically explain it is, yes, you can make money from smaller things like your AdSense. Some people who will get millions of views on every video, yeah, there are people who make millions from the AdSense on their YouTube videos, probably never have to take a brand deal. Mm -hmm. But most influencers that you're seeing, the bulk of their money is coming from brand deals, brand collaborations, way more like third-party things. Them creating the content that you see and love and enjoy every day is them keeping you happy, sharing stuff that they love and that they want to share with you. And that's just like, they're doing it because they love it. So I think that's such an important thing to note. If you support an influencer and you see them post an ad and you're annoyed by that ad, just like it for them. Just love them. Like just if you support them, that's how they're making money because you don't have to pay them. If they're doing makeup tutorials for you every day or sharing you the best places to eat around the country... They're doing that and creating that for free for you and then getting Mm -hmm. paid through their ads. So support the ads as well. That is like a plea. I'm begging you as an an influencer, please support their ads as well. Right. And that's so true. And if you don't like what they're posting, like it and comment in the comments and say, hey, you know, next time you post something like this, I wish you would do that because I know that you in particular read every single comment Unless they get super nasty and then I'll go on and I'll report it. (laughs) Do you really? Of course I do. (laughs) I don't need people messing with you. I'm pretty quick. I delete comments that I don't like all the time. Now, I used to never do it. And then I started to do it not for my benefit, but for other people. I've I kind of see my social media as a safe space. So if it was like homophobic or just rude, I don't want that to potentially harm somebody else. So I delete those comments for the sake of other people. And then stuff that's rude about me, I used to leave. And now I'm like, this is my space, bitch. I'm, I'm deleting. Get out of here. Yeah. That yeah. I report those. Here. Oh, thank you. I have so many like keywords hidden. I love that feature. Oh, I just don't care smart. anymore. Yeah. I'm like, I, but I love having conversations. With that being said, it's not about feedback or like engaging in a, well, I don't agree with you. Or actually, I don't support the brand that you just posted an ad for. I want to hear those. I've had incredible conversations. I love when people DM me so we can talk instead of just like leaving a snarky comment. And then just what, what does that solve for anybody? And if you do leave a snarky comment and I would like to know more information, I probably will DM you, which is really funny because I feel like people quickly take back their comment when you address them personally. So funny. Don't it's hide behind so, your screen, Yeah. People. Come on out. Come on out. We want to see that face. Yeah. <laughs> and I, honestly, that's exactly what this podcast is about, which is like, 
asking stupid questions or having these awkward conversations so that other people don't have to. It's like, if you don't talk about it, you're never going to know. If you're unhappy about something, don't be mean. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about it. Let's figure it out. Everyone has their own opinion and no opinion is wrong. It's really just about kind of figuring out what makes sense for you individually and and making sure you can understand other people's perspectives. But I think we're getting off track a little. What I will say about going back (laughs) to sponsored posts, but talking back about sponsored posts and organic content is like you're creating a community for your audience. So every time you post something and you're vulnerable, you talk about how you've been really upset this week, you're getting your period and Mm -hmm. this is how you're feeling, like that's you opening up and trying to provide a safe space for your audience and like your community, I should say, Mm -hmm. to also say, hey, I didn't realize other people felt that way. I felt really alone. Like this is a safe place place for me to have a conversation and talk to other people who I'm seeing comment on Cammy's post too, that they also were feeling that well. Like you guys should have your like separate conversations with each other and mm-hmm. talk. Like you've done a really good job of building a community for your audience so that they can kind of connect and interact with each other. It's not about you. It's about them. And like, totally. I, I you're successful because you genuinely care about these other people and you're sharing it and you're making yourself vulnerable to hopefully help someone else. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. that's right. When you are paid to do something, know that like, number one, don't ever take a job just because of the money because 100%. money will come. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely believe that people are everyone's smart. They will see right through it. If you don't like that product or if you've never tried it and you can't like organically speak to like why you're obsessed with this shampoo, don't Mm -hmm. do it. I'm telling you, like there's a lot of power that comes with saying no. Yeah. There's, there's so much greatness that's come from the influencer world of marketing and advertisement. I always say it's influencers are like your best friend or big sister, big brother, whatever it may be. So you trust them and they're giving their true, honest opinions on a specific product. It's not like the herbal essence commercial that we used to see growing up on TV. And it was like, I don't know who like Eva Longoria, whoever's been in that where you're, I would always sit there with my mom being a hairdresser, working Mm -hmm. with celebrities being like, that girl does not use that product. Like, yeah. That's not right. And I love that influencer advertisement has opened it up to real people using real products and sharing their genuine thoughts. Now, of course, I'm not an idiot. I know that's not always the case. There are people who are going to take brand deals that they've never even tried. But like you said, consumers are smart today. People on social media are smart. They see right through it. And I always relate it back to, I worked at Nordstrom growing up and we worked off of commission and I did really well at it. And I loved that job. And I always used to say to new hires, yeah, you could sell that $300 dress today. That looks horrible on your client. And you know, it looks horrible. And guess what? They're going to go home to their friends who are going to tell them the truth. And then they're never coming back. They're not going to be your client ever again. They're going to see you and turn around because they can't trust you because they know that you knew and you know that they know that you knew that that looked bad on them. So tell them the dress looks bad. Tell them that, or don't tell them, be nice to them, but <laughs> tell them that it's not flattering and it's not the right one. And even but if find they- find them a better one. Yeah, but even if they have to walk out with not a single thing or they buy the $20 dress instead of the $2,000 dress, 
Now you built that relationship and they trust you and they're going to come back to you. Same thing with being an influencer, and I'm doing air quotes as always with that word, you are influencing somebody and they want to feel that they can trust you. So you have to establish that relationship first and foremost before you can go for the money. I think most of the questions that we received and we've touched on today are all about like how to make the money, how to make money, how to make money. But you have to be genuine and honest first and let the money follow second. Right. You need to build a community that trusts you before you're able to kind of take that next step. But what I will say to kind of flip that in terms of like trying to be a quote influencer on your own without a manager Mm -hmm. in conversations with brands, number Mm -hmm. one, if you haven't tried the product or if you aren't sure if that dress looks good on you, ask the brand to try it, which you always do. I will mm-hmm. always say, hey, you know, I think this seems like a really great fit for Cami. She hasn't tried that. Would you mind sending it to her to make sure that doesn't break her skin out mm-hmm. or make sure that it doesn't upset her stomach or whatever it is? So one, do that. But two, if they're like, we really want you to promote this shampoo and you're like, I actually really don't use shampoo. I only use conditioner. I don't know that this would make sense. Go onto that brand's website and see what else they're selling or what else they have or whatever it is. And maybe you'll come across and you'll say, hey, like I see that you also sell heat protectant. Do you think that I might be able to try that out instead? That's something I use all the time when I curl my hair and maybe this would be a better fit. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that that shows that you're taking initiative and you like really care about the brand that you're doing your own research. Number one, and number two, it's like if it doesn't work out, they're like, "No, sorry, we're only promoting shampoo right now." You'll be top of mind in the future when they're like, "Oh, heat protectant." I remember Cami had asked me about that. Mm-hmm. So, in your conversation with brands, you can do that too, and it doesn't always have to be a like, "I'm saying no because I don't use shampoo, so I need to say it. I need to take the money." It can just be like, "Okay, like let's chat later on." Totally. It goes back to your point again, which I think is the best takeaway from this that sounds simple is ask. Always ask. It does not hurt to ask. There's always a different approach you can take. Brands actually really love when you're proactive. And this is something that took me a while to learn when I would get the general idea of what a brand wanted me to post, which is great. They want to give you guidelines so you're hitting all those points. And then I used to just deliver exactly what they asked for Mm -hmm. and it would do okay. And then that would be done. And I feel like recently I've really gotten to a point where I look something over, I take the key points that they want and whether it be like some, some brands even want like a certain like color tones in the background. So I'll make sure I take that stuff on board, on board to fit. But then I know what my audience likes. They Again, these are your friends. You interact with these people every day. Always advocate to stay in your personal tone. And every brand says that, but most people just go, okay, I'll do it. And they just do it. Where you really have to kind of tweak things so it fits who you are. Share it like, share it like you would share it with your best friend telling them about this new product that you're absolutely in love with. Don't share it like you're an ad on TV during the commercial breaks. Right. No one wants that. No one wants And if to you that. get pushback, reiterate what Cami just said, which is, listen, I know my audience best and I know what's going to perform best. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure this is successful for both of us. Like, please trust me and let me do this. And yeah. if it doesn't perform in the off chance, you over-deliver. Exactly. Then you'll post another organic story and you'll tag them or... You'll put them, you know, you'll integrate them into a YouTube video or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You'll make you'll make sure it's successful because you want the brand to come back and work with you again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always ask, always over deliver. 
key, mm-hmm. key takeaways. Um, okay. I'm going to look at some of the questions from our listeners. Oh, this is interesting. And I feel like I used to wonder this a lot before I had a manager. Do you reach out to brands or do brands find you? Because I, as I'm always saying, like, I only work with brands that I love and use all the time. It's like, mm-hmm. so what am I, are we just like knocking down doors being like, please, please sponsor me? <laughs> well, the answer is yes. And I think that this is another reason that it can be helpful to have a manager, which is that there are definitely brands that come to me and say, hey, you know, we have been seeing Cami posting about our product and we, are, we would love to work with her. And I'm like, great easy. Let's do it. Tell me what you want and let's figure out a way to make it work. But to that point, you'll come to me and say, hey, you know, I'm obsessed with True Botanicals or I'm obsessed with whatever. Mm -hmm. Like I really, really want a partnership with them and I will put together an email, a pitch, if you will, and reach out to a brand. I cold email people. I cold call people all the time. Mm-hmm. which is why it's really helpful to have someone sitting there and advocating for you and all kind of put together an idea. And I think this is something that you and I do well together in that I'll be like, okay, great. You're telling me you're dying to work with this brand. What do you want to do with them? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to reach out and just say, Cammy really loves your brand and product. Do you want to pay her? Like, but I want to go to them with something like concrete and say, hey, you know, she has a video coming up that she's doing. It's all of her favorite skincare products. She's been using your product from the beginning. It's changed her skin. Here's what she wants to do. Here's what the video is going to be about. Here's how they're integrating your brand. Um, And here's what I think it could look like. We're open to your thoughts as well. If there's anything in particular you want her to touch on, or there's a specific product you're really pushing right now. But in general, like here's what she's already creating and how I think you guys could fit in. So we do both. Brands yeah. are coming to you just because I think you've been around for a while and you've kind of like built a name for yourself in an awesome way. But we do a lot for you too. You know, you tell us that you want something and I do my best to go out and do it. And it doesn't always deliver. It doesn't always come to fruition. But even just pitching and having like beginning that dialogue with the brand is really helpful. So if it's not going to be then, hopefully I've like started and built a relationship and a conversation and rapport around Cami that like, that brand will circle back down the line and be like, oh yeah, I remember Cami is obsessed with this serum. We'll work mm-hmm. with her. Yeah. Those are always my favorite types of brand deals to do because it's on our terms. It's, oh, I have this really cool idea that I think it would be awesome to share this product or uh, this just perfectly fits into my video. And for people who don't have management yet, I think they can do this too. And it can be very powerful. I know like you've given me the advice before of all of these brands that I absolutely love and use their products daily, make sure I'm following them on Instagram. Make sure I'm interacting with them because they're going to recognize my face or my picture or whatever that they might or be you'll seeing tag all them the time. And it'll alert their social team. Yeah. You can mm-hmm. absolutely share products, even if it's not an ad. I always feel the need to preface and be like, it's not an ad, but because I do share a lot, especially as I'm sharing so much skincare more, I'm sharing products a lot, a lot. And 99% of them are not sponsored at all. And if they are, they're things that I've posted that weren't sponsored before. And I think that's so helpful, one, to build the genuine rapport of, I actually enjoy this brand. So your audience recognizes that it isn't just you selling out. It is something that you genuinely care about. And also it 
shows the brand, hey, I use your product. I love it. I believe in it. I'm going to be posting it whether it's an ad or not. So it's kind of a no-brainer to work with each other. If you are starting as an influencer, that doesn't mean you're never allowed to post about the things that you like unless it's paid. And I think people get a little jaded and do that. I think people think that like, well, if I post for them for free, they won't want to pay me because I've already done it, mm-hmm. which is not true. No, it's, it's like backwards. if you post for them, quote, for free, if you're talking about them organically, again, I said this before, you can then kind of create a little case study and say, hey, I posted about you guys three weeks ago and look at all of this am- amazing feedback I received from my audience. Look at all these screenshots of DMs of people following up saying, hey, can you send me the link to that serum? Mm-hmm. I'm dying to buy it. It looked like it made your skin incredible. Another insider tip, ding, 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 is brands always have an email, not always, most of the time have an email on their Instagram page. So if you're like dying to work with whatever, if you're dying to work with any brand, go to their page on Instagram, go to the little contact at the where it's like follow, email, contact, whatever, whatever it says. There's most always an email address click that email. It'll open up an email on your phone or on your computer and you can shoot them a note. So if you can't find an email address and you're trying to reach out to a brand, look it up on Instagram first. It's like an easy little tip to do. Um, And hopefully if it's not the right person, they'll redirect you to the right person. And the other thing is, which you, and I tell you to do this a lot and you do it on your own, but it's like, if you're dying to work with a brand, number one, tag them. But number two, DM them. Just DM them. Say, hey, I've been using your serum for the past five years. I'm doing this post and I'd love to include you guys. Do you have any interest in like chatting about how we can maybe work together? Yeah. No shame in the game. It's really helpful for it to come from you before it comes from me because then it shows you genuinely care and they're like more willing to want to work with you when it's like, wow, Cammie really does love this. We're not just trying to like get money out of this. Yeah. So DM the brands and email them and that's how you find the email address. Wow. Insider tips. (laughs) Pro tip. Thank you, Maddie. I feel like so many people listening who get so stressed about trying to start in an influencer career and start making money, don't know where to start and think they need a manager. Honestly, my new tip, just keep replaying this episode. There were so many great things we unpacked that seem simple but that I feel like so many people don't do. I know I didn't do them for the longest time. I've learned so much from working with you. I hope this was able to help some other people kind of advocate for yourself. Ask. There's no shame in it. Just ask and you shall receive. And if you don't receive, then move on to the next. Yeah, Mm -hmm. keep on asking. Thank you so much, Maddie. You're the freaking best. I adore you. Thank you for being my queen of a manager and getting me through life every day. (laughs) I love you. Thank you for having me. This I hope that this was helpful for people. Also, you guys, like, reach out, ask questions if you want more. Cammy knows everything. DM her. DM me and then I will text Maddie and then I will get back to you guys. There you go. Here I am like promoting the heck out of you. Yeah, See? I know. I'm your little living cheerleader. Well, then do you want to tell everyone since you are my cheerleader to go rate and subscribe to the podcast? Go rate and subscribe. You can find Uneducated on Apple, Spotify, any streaming platform where you can listen to podcasts. Thanks everyone. Come back again for next week's episode. <laughs> I think you just took my job and that wraps it up. Thanks guys. (laughs) See you next week.